Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. I hope you find yourself in the right frame of mind, focusing on the things within your control. So today's episode is about excellent leadership. So leadership is all around us, whether good, bad, poor, ugly, great, everywhere in between. This includes parents, teachers, coaches, mentors, friends, executives, and managers. People in these leadership positions have a big impact on the people that they're guiding and the outcomes that are produced. It affects everyone involved. Ideally, leadership is about developing and bringing out the best in people to serve them, providing the necessary guidance and direction, and often involves bringing individuals together to accomplish what they're unable to do alone. There's many people that are in leadership positions that they're just not equipped to lead in the moment. And then there are others not in a formal position, yet they can lead with excellence. Leadership isn't just hard skills that you put on a resume, such as those hard concrete things, but it's about more of those soft skills that are so difficult to measure. Those tangible things such as having a certain degree or certification can indicate a certain amount of knowledge someone has or knowing how to code or how to work with software programs and other technologies makes someone stand out a bit more. They might be good at individual roles, but that alone does not indicate they're going to be good leaders. It's the things that you do and not just who you are, the actions that are taken and not just the words that are said that earn trust and respect. There's a difference between bosses and leaders. Bosses order people around, using their authority to their advantage, flexing the amount of false strength. They might raise their voice or throw silly tantrums to get people's attentions. An effective leader serves the people that they're guiding, knowing how to empower them so they can be the best selves, to contribute to a common goal. They understand the importance of pushing the right buttons in people and working with them. Everyone responds differently to the interactions that they have. Some people do their best when the pressure is on, where somebody can really challenge them and get after them to deliver certain results. Other people are motivated by having a bit more autonomy, a bit more distance, and not being under an intense watchful eye. So it's about adapting to the individual's need while still understanding how that contributes to what everybody's working towards. So leaders are made And they're not just born. It's not just naturally someone has certain traits that makes them a qualified leader. Yes, some people without very little work have certain characteristics that can manage situations for the better. But that's not the whole story. Those abilities that a supposed leader has that naturally comes to them is merely a starting point. It's definitely going to help them out. Someone that might be lacking in self-awareness, self-assessing, managing difficult things, or seeing the big picture does not mean they are disqualified from leading others. It doesn't tell the whole story of who the person can become. People can develop into roles that affect other people for the better, but this is largely not emphasized. It's not just a skill set if you're naturally good at sports or you're naturally good at math or music, then a lot more emphasis is put on to what you're actually good at. Our natural talents don't dictate where we're going, They're just tools along the way to help us out. As we all know, 
We can work our way into the things that we want if we're really committed to it, continuously working to get better. So know that you can work your way into leadership, that you don't have to be this authoritative figure that pounds their fist and says a bunch of compelling words to rile people up. So the question we need to ask ourselves is what does excellent leadership look like so we know the organizations and the people that we should gravitate towards? One of the first things that a great leader does is that they're able to communicate effectively with all the people involved. They're able to use their words with a high amount of accuracy so that when they're done speaking, everybody understands the message. It's about engaging everybody involved to, to be connected and united. So somebody that's a great leader will avoid talking just for the sake of talking. They'll know when and how to convey certain messages so people pay attention. The average person is estimated to be able to pay attention for eight seconds at a time, while the average audience can pay attention for seven minutes. So it's very crucial during moments when a leader is speaking to a group to get to the point while providing the right content. Delivering a message that's too short can lead many important details out, but delivering a message that's too long can water down all the important details that need to be made, and then the whole message gets lost in translation. Let's take a leadership position such as a restaurant manager. Maybe they might have a talk with their team members and the message that they convey is too short where they say to employees, we need to deliver better results. And if left at that, the audience is gonna have their own take on how to deliver those results or they're gonna be left wondering, how do we do it? The opposite would be to say, we need to increase quarterly revenue by 26% because food costs have soared by 8%, wage increased by 4%, rent increased by 16%, we need to increase customer satisfaction, sit-down orders need to have their food delivered quicker by 4 minutes to, to increase table turnover, check on customers every 5 minutes, cooks need to have meals prepped ahead to reduce wait times. Saying a message like that is just too much and people are going to be turned off. All these numbers and all these little details, some of it is not related to certain people. The right message would be somewhere in between to provide what the message is about and how things are going to be executed. So it's about more than just generic words that are said and finding the specific actionable items that relate to each and every person. Everybody has their own things going on in their mind that excite them, worry them, whatever it might be. So to be able to get their focus on what's being said, it can be the difference in how well things are executed on. This is part of what makes great teams and organizations possible. Just about everybody understands the mission or the goal, who does what and when they do it. It's not just about specific messages, but the standard that these teams and organizations adhere to. Where they have a mission statement, but it's not just some words that are said, but it's actually what's being done. It's carried out. It's what drives the culture. This sets clear expectations so everybody knows what to strive for. It's simply not enough to say, we got to be better. We got to make good decision. All that's relative to the person that's viewing or hearing it. One person's better could be another person's not good enough. Or it could be someone's good decision and it could be somebody else's average decision. A great leader will communicate what everyone should be striving for. And with so many different leadership styles, this is going to work for certain organizations and it may not work for others, 
but they're all unique to what suits them. There needs to be a culture and a philosophy that is going to make everyone better together, that provides a place of people wanting to be there instead of having to be there. It's amazing just to see how crucial it is to feel like people belong because when people feel this way, they give more effort into what they're doing that leads to better results, better attitude, and just a better atmosphere. Fostering a place with this type of energy does two things. It accepts people for who they are while people wanting to better themselves. This truly provides a place that people really feel empowered to, to contribute based on what they see fit as opposed to just rank and file and just carry out the orders that are given. In a place where people feel that they have a say and contribute to the big picture, they're more creative and free to blossom. This is going to lead the way that results in innovation, that hierarchy will be dismounted, and instead be governed by what is best for the cause, that the best ideas are going to rule. A large part of that communication piece is for a leader to effectively listen to what the people are saying, to really consider their ideas and run with them when they're identified. A great leader is able to put their ego aside by letting others lead the way. They understand that they don't have all the answers and the solutions to the things that they're facing, which is proactive, that allows them to get further ahead. If you just take a look at McDonald's when they were well established, they had many other competing hamburger restaurants, and they also had to innovate to stay ahead. Ray Kroc, who was the CEO of McDonald's at the time, understood that there needed to be new menu items to attract new customers and retain those existing customers. Menu items like the Big Mac, chicken nuggets, and fish filet, all these were ideas that did not come from Ray. He sought out other people and asked, what do you think? What menu items can we add that will add value to the company? Just readily seeking out what can improve the business. And it shows in the actions and the results that they've gotten. I can remember growing up playing football. I had a very impactful coach that demonstrated excellent leadership. And I always remember him, Coach Greg. And within our position group of defensive backs, we have certain responsibilities of not letting anyone behind us. This was largely shaped by the head coach, which I wasn't too fond of because it didn't play to my strength. It actually made me play a lot safer, just avoiding really taking any risk. But I remember this one practice. Coach Greg talks to everybody within the position group, and he says, Listen, you all have your assignments, and you know what to do. But if you feel you can make a play on the ball, then you go for it. And if you're wrong, so what? But trust yourself. And that talk really resonated with me because after that point, I started playing a lot looser with more confidence, a greater sense of conviction. And that's all I needed to unlock the things that I was good at within football. I would carry the same concept into everything else that I did. It wasn't just about do what I'm told, but do what I think is right to trust myself. And, and it does take some time to learn to get back to because we've been conditioned to follow the rules, follow the guidelines. But he truly empowered me in that moment and has served me well ever since. And I think that's also what makes a superb leader, that the things they say and do really resonate that can make your life a whole lot better. Another great characteristics of excellent leaders is that they're just constantly proactive, that they're not waiting for things to become a problem, and instead they're looking further out ahead. 
to see what could be an issue and finding ways to prevent it or at least minimize if it does come about. This gets them out of that survival mode of only reacting when there's danger that's present. So when change does come about, they're better prepared for it. And actually, they're just going to be ahead of everybody else where they're all catching up to them. Some great examples are that of Apple, that even though they introduced a personal computer, there was a period where they were stagnant in the late 90s. And then they made a change back to Steve Jobs, and they moved more towards phones being the device of choice that would be the new personal computer, while also working on the tablet. So while maybe at first they weren't too well received, over time they were adopted widely, and now they've been just so ingrained into our daily lives. But it was through effective leadership that they were able to continuously be one of the top performing companies. They had tremendous talent, but without the right leadership, that talent wouldn't be properly utilized. So part of this comes from just finding ways to get better, to improve things in whatever capacity. This kind of keeps everyone on the edge of their seat, ready to get at the next thing, as opposed to just being complacent with the success that they've had. It really makes things exciting as we all need mental stimulation to get us to give our best effort consistently. So in trying new things to get ahead, there's some nervousness that comes with things not working out well, but it gets us to focus on the details along the way and learn. It makes each day different that can feel so refreshing. While change is part of growing, it is still about the core values that are set. They are the guiding principles to navigate the path that is taken and it's about figuring out how to do it. So if we look at Disney's mission statement, which is to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe, it is their driving force that has led them to reach beyond films, but into theme parks, into sports, into cruise ships, and now they have their own streaming service. And all this while still being focused on their vision. The vision is that big picture and how to do it is all the strategic things that are done to get there. Another great trait in excellent leadership is putting people and things in positions to flourish. It's recognizing others' strengths and weaknesses as well as their own to see how it all can contribute to the big picture. Within team settings, everyone brings certain skill sets that complement one another, where one's weaknesses can be offset by another person's strengths. Ideally, Many people want things to go as smoothly as possible, that everyone involved is all-stars and dominate the area of focus. But that is not the case much of the time. Great leaders understand that things will get ugly and feisty at times, and the tempting thing to do is to want to scream at everybody to shape up and get the results that they're expected. This does not really inspire confidence amongst the team. Instead of giving in to the urge to behave with that reptilian brain of acting out based on feeling threatened, great leaders can stay composed to assess what are the pain points, what options are available, and the unknowns relating to what's being faced. This might mean making small changes where a person is struggling to perform well and some time is taken off. If you look at Phil Jackson, who was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls during the 1990s, Phil actually gave one of their pivotal players, Dennis Rodman, some time off during the season to clear his head. He saw that he wasn't as engaged as, as he was early in the season. Michael Jordan was opposed to it because it could drag down the team's performance. 
But Phil explained the importance of Dennis spending time away so when he came back, he would be fully locked in. Phil understood Dennis's needs. He was the outcast of the group and accepted him for who he was. And he met him halfway as long as Dennis responded well, and which he did. The result was an NBA championship that season for them. The my way or highway type of approach would have been, you know what, Dennis? No, you're not taking time off. You're going to practice here. And that could have been a detriment to the team's success. So Phil had enough awareness to recognize, you know what? He does need some time off. But sometimes making drastic changes is needed in trying moments to turn things around. The 2019 hockey team, the St. Louis Blues, they fired their coach halfway through the season as they were going through a bad losing streak. And the new head coach, Craig Berube, led the team to its first Stanley Cup win ever. At the time of the move, it probably didn't feel great and everybody was looking around like, well, what's going on? But it grabbed all the players and the other coaches' attention that everyone needs to step up going forward because if not, the underperformers are going to be let go. This provides a level of urgency to everyone that, all right, things are for real. We really need to get serious about what we're doing. No one's going to save us. No one's going to help us out but each other. This can almost awaken that giant within all of us because sometimes when things are just lackadaisical or going through the motions, it gets us to give less than our best effort. This can come from so many different reasons. Maybe the current leadership or the things that are going on seems unmotivating or uncompelling to really give their all. It's said that when people quit their jobs, it's not their jobs that they quit but it's the bosses or the managers or the lack of leadership that they quit. I'm sure we've all experienced some level of incompetence where leadership is clearly lacking. And it can really affect how you view being there that's going to affect your overall effort and performance to what you're doing. So great leaders understand where the feel of the team is at. And they're not looking so much as who to blame, but what's the source that's causing it and the solution for it. This can be leaders themselves where they reassess how they're handling themselves and, and leading or maybe not leading their team so well. It does take a lot of strength to be able to identify if one is contributing to the problem. It doesn't feel good to think or even know that that could be the case. But once working through that, effective leaders will pivot, will be better for the people that they're serving. They'll change so they can inspire everyone else. And sometimes that means admitting to everyone that they failed them or they're wrong in what they were doing. And just acknowledging that to the people that they lead can earn them a huge amount of respect because it signals to everyone that their ego is not too big, that they can self-assess, be an objective that earns people's trust to do what is in the best interest for everyone. This creates an atmosphere of openness to know that we're all flawed, that we're all going to make mistakes, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. Instead, it's just about being a work in progress, figuring things out along the way. And in creating an environment where everyone can be open, this actually allows everyone to really excel in everything that they do. Where instead of people being timid about opening up on how they view things, they're more likely to do so, even if it's in disagreements that allows for productive conversation that, that leads to great alternatives and solutions. It gives everyone the opportunity to say what's on their mind, without interruptions, without ridicule, and instead searching through all the hidden gems. 
And those great leaders are going to recognize to just get out of the way, to let people use their unique skill sets, to be used so everyone can benefit. This requires a leader to be silent, to just let things flow and not feel the need to intervene or to contribute in some way to make themselves feel significant. Excellent leaders truly understand the importance of building people up instead of trying to tear them down so they can be looked up to. Anyone that's trying to tear you down is simply not a good leader. They're just a boss commanding, barking out orders that damages confidence and trust in oneself. Great leaders are patient with their team and they'll let them run the show even if it means making mistakes. And what that does is it provides support in a time when people fall short of what they're striving for, but it also makes them more accountable and disciplined. Providing that space gives a person the ability to work through feeling down after things not working out and not needing to hear it from another person. Oh, look, you messed up. You need to be better next time. People know that. People feel bad when things go wrong. And then by them hearing it from somebody else, it only magnifies things in a negative manner where self-doubt starts to become louder in their head so they'll be less confident the next time they have that urge to do something great. Great leaders will know to be silent, to not be that annoying or fearful figure that someone is avoiding. This opens the door for people to seek their leaders about what they're facing instead of feeling embarrassed or disappointed. Simply because someone talks a lot does not mean that they have much to say. The more someone talks, the more chance there is of watering things down that's going to discredit them. So excellent leaders will talk when necessary, not just to make themselves feel better, but to know when to intervene and when to back off. The people in an empowered environment understand that leaders have entrusted them to run freely to a certain degree so they can be themselves and grow into what they can be. A great example is Super Bowl forty-nine between the Seattle Seahawks and the New England Patriots. On the final play of the game, the Seattle Seahawks were on the one-yard line looking to score to take the lead, and the defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, Matt Patricia, he asked the head coach, Bill Belichick, what he wanted to run in this situation, and Bill just walked away, letting Matt decide. The result was cornerback Malcolm Butler intercepted the ball at the one-yard line to seal the win for the New England Patriots. Matt Patricia said those few seconds trying to decide what to do felt like the longest moment in his life. But by Bill Belichick allowing him to make the decision, it highlights that great leaders sometimes just get out of the way by empowering their people to make the call. It shows trust in people that they'll do what's necessary on their own and don't need to be micromanaged. They don't have to have their hand held and being told what to do and how to do it. What we all can learn from excellent leadership is that we don't have to wait for someone to lead us, that we can be our own excellent leaders for ourselves and for the people all around us. It's not about bossing people around, telling them what to do, but instead uplifting them, supporting them, serving them in whatever way you can so they can be their best and so you can be your best as well. If you can recognize the difference between excellent leadership and poor leadership and everywhere in between, you can move on from tolerating all the bad to find yourself in a better position. Focus on the behaviors because that's going to tell you all you need to know if the things are going in the right direction. Know what your mission in life is and let that lead the way. 
Well, it's that time to wrap things up. For me, this is another important episode that I really wanted to talk about because leadership seems to be lacking. It is really not taught well and it's not developed enough. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a Thriving Minds member at www.thrivingminds.live. It's your personal development resource so you can build that right mindset so you can live to thrive. All right, until next time.